Shalom, Brachor of the Mesechus Baba Kama Daf Nun. Hey, today's Daf discusses why the second Luchas uh, had the word Toiv in it, but not the first one. What the letter Tes means in a dream. Now, why does it mean a good thing? We discuss doing Klayim with birds, and with that, we complete the fifth parak of. Mesechus Babakam, I'm going to begin Perek Aquinas, the sixth Perek, discussing what is considered a proper enclosure for your animal that you wouldn't be responsible if it goes and damages. And we go to the Perek Ben Ogil, he asked of Chiel Bar Abba, why in the Dibras Harishonis, it doesn't say the word Toiv, but in Dibras Achroinis, the Pasuk says, by Kibar Aim, the man Yita Valach, what the first ones, in what regard were the first ones not Toiv? So he says, he responds, before asking me why does it say toiv, ask me if it says toiv. I don't even know. I'm not, I'm not sure. Toiv says that the Amaram could be, didn't even know uh, the Pesukim in the Torah, but the Pnei says that's a little hard to believe. There must be something deeper going on over here. Then Yaakov brings in that. He wasn't sure whether the Pesukim reflect what was actually written in the Luchas. In any event... He said, go ask of Tanchon Barchani Law, because he used to learn by Rabbi Shubh and Levi. So they went, and he said, you know, I didn't hear anything from Rabbi Shubh and Levi, but I heard from Shmuel Bar Nochum, the uncle of Rabbi Achav, Rabbi Chanina. Some say it was his mother's, the mother's father of, of Rabbi Achi, Rabbi Chanina. That the reason why the second Luchas had Toiv and not the first was because the first ones are going to be smashed. So the Gemara says, wait, just because the first ones are going to be smashed, that makes them not Toiv? So Rav Ashi explains, Chas v'shalim, that we should, that, that Toiva should be taken, lost from Chal Yisrael. Next, Rabbi Yeshua says, if someone sees the letter Tes in his dream, that is a simen yofeh for him. Why? Because the Torah says toiv, and that's with a test. We have times when there's a test, and it means bad things. That she's going to sweep us out with obliteration, bad things. So the Gemara says, no, when it's one test, that's good. Really? But it says, it's a bad thing. So even one test doesn't necessarily mean toiv. The Gemara says, no, a test and a base. Is a good thing. Oh yeah, what about tovu ba'aretz shirel? That's bad. The Gemara says, okay, you know why the test means toiv? Because the first time there is a test in the Torah, it is in the word toiv. And there's no test until then. Rabbi Shua ben Levi says, if someone sees the word hespit in his dream, that means that Hashem is that the in Hashemayim they're having a rachmanus on them and they're going to be to him. That means that when they see the word written out, if if he dreams of a husband, that's not as good. Going back to the Baba Kama, we said uh, in the Mishnah that not only is Shor specific, any animal or any bird or chayiv and all these things, including Klayim. So Reish Lakish says, the Rebbe learns over here, that a Tarnagol, a Tavos, and a Pisyoini, different types of chickens, they are they have the Isser Klayim to interbreed them. The Gemara says, yeah, well, why not if they're different, even if they're similar, you know, if, they, if they're a different breed, it's Klayim. So Chaviv explains, that since these animals actually live together, they they naturally breed together. Maybe it wouldn't be Klayim. I would think that that would make them considered one men. Kamash Malon, that they still are different. And it would be Klayim. Shmuel tells us now that 
a goose and a, a goose habar. Right, evos and evos habar. They're different enough that it's klayim to interbreed them. So now Rava Bar Ravachanon asks, why are these two geese klayim? Is it because one has a longer beak and the other one has a shorter beak? Well, then these two camels, the Persian camel and the Arabian camel, one has a longer neck and one has a shorter neck, that should also be klayim. And mashma that it's not. The noch is that it's not. So we have two answers. Why are camels different than geese? Abai explains that these geese are different in their reproductive uh, process. One's eggs are outside of its body and one's eggs are inside of its body. If Papa answers similarly that uh, one of these geese only gives uh, birth, only lays one egg at a time and the other goose is able to do many at a time. And that makes them different Breeds got Next, Shlakish tells us that if someone crossbreeds two types of fish, aquatic creatures, he gets malchus for that. Why? Rav Adam explains in the name of Ula that yeah, we have a heckish of Lemineu uh, Lemineu from interbreeding land creatures. Now, Rachbo asks if someone were to work, uh, pull a, a wagon with a goat and a fish, a shibuta, right? a land creature and a sea creature. Is that climb? Do we say that since the, the goat can't go in the sea and the fish can't go on land, this is not a, an interbreeding bachlal. This is not a, it's not considered climb. They're not, they're not considered together. Or lamaisa, they're both pulling the wagon. They're both working together. It's Klayim. So Ravina asks further, if you're going to tell me that it's not Klayim, it should also be Chayim if you put together uh, planting Klayim. You plant some wheat on, in Eretz Israel and right across the border in Chutzlaret, you plant some barley. So you'll be Chayim for that too. That's not true. So over here, you shouldn't be Chayim. They're totally separate places. That you just brought together. But the Gemara answers that's not a raya because Eretz Yisrael is different than Chutzlar. It's Eretz Yisrael is a Mokim Chiyuv and Chutzlar it's not. But the fish, if you were to interbreed two fish, there's a Chiyuv of, of Kalayim. If you interbreed two land creatures, there's a Chiyuv Kalayim. So these are both Be'enyon Chiyuv and you put those together, there you would be Chiyuv as opposed to Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlar, where in Chutzlar there is no Chiyuv. Which began back in Dafmen Vov discussing uh, Sharn before we got into the circus of Bar about an animal who gored uh, a fetus and the pain that they made blood dice. We begin Parakakoinish, which tells us that if someone brings his sheep into the corral and it closes the door properly in front of it, if that animal gets out, that sheep gets out on damages, he's potter because he did his job. If he didn't close it properly, then he'll be hired for those damages. If the fence broke down at night, so he didn't know about it, or bad guys list him, came and broke down the wall, if then the animals go out on damage, the owner's going to be potter. That wasn't his fault. In fact, the list them aren't going to be hired either. It's just a grandma. They didn't bring out the animals. But if the Lizdom did actually drag out the animals themselves, then they're going to be high for the damage that the animals cause. If it leaves the animal in the sun, 
in a place where he's going to get uncomfortable and go damage. Or he hands it over, he leaves it in the possession of a cherishot of a katan, and then it damages. The owner is going to be chayiv for those damages. That was irresponsible. If he gives it to a shepherd, the shepherd is now in place of the owner. The shepherd's going to be responsible. If the animal falls down into a garden, but oinus, but oinus wasn't wasn't the owner's fault. He did everything he was supposed to. But if that animal ate while he was in that garden, and now the owner doesn't have to feed him the next meal, the owner has to pay whatever hano he got from the nizuk's field. If the animal just dilly dallied, walked down into the garden and damaged there, then the owner is going to have to pay. Now, how do we evaluate how much damage was caused? So Tanakama tells us that we always take the field before and after the damage. We take a base saw in that field. How much is it worth before and after this animal came in and ate? Rip Shimon says that's only by raw vegetables, raw produce. If, however, the animal ate ripe fruit, then he pays for that fruit itself. If he ate a saw, he pays a saw. If he, pay, if he ate two saw, he, he pays for two saw. Then tomorrow we learned what is considered closing the gate properly. That's a little vague. Let's uh, clarify that. You'll be potter if you did it correctly, but what's considered correctly? So the Gemara says, as long as the door is able to withstand a regular wind, that's proper. If it can't, that's improper, and then you'll be hive. Your Mani Bar Potter says, who is the one that holds? That if the animal is a muad, it's still enough to have a minimal amount of shmira. And which is an, an ironic psak because for a tam you need a full shmira, for a muad you need less. Who holds that? That's Rebuel. Who does Shita we've had earlier? On that Mamheim obeys. We learned in a Mishnah that if the owners tie up their animals with the leash, or they close the door in front of it properly and it goes down and damages, he has to pay full according to a mayor, tam or muad. Because that is Ishmira Pusa. Rabbi Yehuda says that Tam is going to be Chayev, but a Muad is going to be Potter. Because by a Muad, there's a special Pasuk of Eloi Ishmira no Balov. The only reason you're going to be Chayev by a Muad is if you didn't guard it at all. And a Shmira Pusa, says Rabbi Yehuda, is a Shmira. So for Muad, where it has this Pasuk, he's going to be Potter. Because he did a Shmira Pusa. Rabbi Yehuda says the only way to guard an animal is with a knife. Yeah, if it's alive, you're going to be Chayev for any damages it causes. Now the Gemara says the truth is we could even fit. The Gemara says we could even fit Reb Meir in Tara Mishnah because Shane and Regal are different because Shane and Regal don't require as much Shemira. Where do we see this? Rabbi tells us. Some say it's a Brisa. Now there are four things that the Torah requires less Shemira. Bar, Esh, Shane, and Regal. Karen is the one that requires the big Shemira. Where do we see that these four don't require as much Shemira? Well, by Bar it says, bar, bar, All you have to do is cover it. You don't have to fill your bar back up. Less Shemira is enough. By Esh it says, Shalom, shalom hama, ve'era. You're only going to make chayv if it was like a maver, if you were poishaya. By Shane the Pasuk says, It has to be like uvir. It has to be a pshia. Like you fed it to the animal, to your animal. By Regel, the Pesach says, Vishilach, it has to be like you actually sent out the animal, Bipshia. Anything short of that, you won't be Chayiv. And the Brisa says, Vishilach is Regel. The Pesach says, Mishalchi, Regel, Hashor, Vehachamor, Vierishain. Because the Pesach says, Vairagal, Ad Tumoy. You're only going to be chayv if you do like Uvir when you're actually pushaya. Otherwise, you're not going to be chayv. Karen has a higher status 
a higher threshold that you are obligated to guard, you'll be chayav easier. And Rava points out that our Mishnah is also meduyek, that it's not keren. Because our Mishnah says that, that when you bring your sheep into your corral. Now we were talking about oxen until now, but now we switch to sheep to tell me that there's a lower requirement of guarding here. L'chayr, it's because we're not talking about Karen, we're talking about Shane and Regal. And Shane and Regal is always in wood. So Shmam, you know, we could even be learning our Mishnah like our mayor. It doesn't have to dafka be Rabbi Yehuda, who is Makel by wood. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.